Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Stylish Bride, the podcast dedicated to making sure you are dressed, styled, and down the aisle. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what I've done in the past because I am celebrating my 17th wedding anniversary, which happens to coincide with the 17th episode of this podcast. So I thought, why don't I really take a look back and think about all of the things that have changed in weddings over the last 17 years. And, you know, while there has definitely been a lot, believe it or not, there's a lot that has stayed the same. And I think that it's really the emotional pieces and the connections and really what weddings are the foundation of weddings have stayed the same. But all of the details and the types of parties people throw and the resources that everyone has today are certainly different than what we had. But I thought that it might be fun and helpful and a little scary to tell you about what I know now that I wish I had known then. And for those of you who have been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I'm all about empowering women and empowering brides everywhere with the knowledge to that you need to be able to have the very best day that you possibly can. So some of the things that I'm going to share with you today are fashion related. Some are more general to weddings, but all of them are very personal. And, you know, it's actually not really easy for me to talk about these things in a lot of cases, but I feel like it's really important, especially if I can tell you something that's going to help you. I think that planning a wedding and being a bride can be difficult and more difficult than people even admit. I think a lot of times everyone says, oh, enjoy it. It's the very best time in your whole life. And that doesn't allow for all of the complicated feelings that can really come up around it. And, you know, there are certainly things in every wedding planning a situation that happen that are difficult. So, and then of course, there's a lot that's really, really happy and wonderful. So at the end, I'm going to tell you what I think we actually did really well. So before diving in, I think that I should probably give you a little bit of context. I got engaged in the year 2000. I was 24 years old and I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was really young. I didn't have a lot of friends who had been married and I'm an only child. So I didn't have any siblings that can, you know, kind of give me the lay of the land. And so I, you know, if you listen to the first episode of the podcast, you'll know I fell in love with this amazing guy and found myself engaged at 24 years old. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. But also at that time, there were many fewer resources than we have today. I mean, you know, there weren't the websites and the blogs and the Instagram and all of the things that really give you wedding planning resources at your fingertips. So what I'm going to focus on in this podcast are the things that are still relevant today that I think might be able to help you. So I'm going to dive right in with number five, which are my bridesmaids dresses. Now, a caveat to this is that bridesmaids dresses can go really wrong really fast. And I think that in my case, I did some things right and some things not so right. First and foremost, I chose the color champagne. I thought, oh, you know, I'm having a fall wedding. It's November 24th. It's at the University Club in New York City. It was just so beautiful and so fall-like and has a lot of like dark wood and marble. And I was going to have jewel tone colors in my flowers. And that wooden champagne just complement it beautifully. Well, the truth is, I really should have been paying attention to the coloring of my bridesmaids. And I only had four, but three of them were 
So they had dark skin and beautiful dark hair, and all of them were beautiful. But champagne isn't exactly a color that looks great on that kind of complexion. So what I ended up finding was that it really washed them out. And instead of paying attention to what I thought would look good with the decor, I should have really considered what would look good with the woman. And, you know, I talk a lot about this with my brides because I find today people have huge bridal parties. I mean, it's not uncommon for me to have a bride with 12, even 15 bridesmaids. And, you know, picking a color that complements all of these people is really hard. I mean, you're kind of sticking to the neutrals, right? I mean, blush pink, gray, black even, white. But, you know, I guess you have to sort of realize that if you're going to ask everyone to wear the same color, it better be, you know, flattering and not something that washes everybody out. So that was the first part of it that I wish I had chosen differently. The second part was that I wish I had asked everyone to do a dress rehearsal the day before the wedding of their bridesmaids dresses. And I'm saying this because unbeknownst to any of us, one of the dresses had not been hemmed by the alterations person. They did the alterations close to where they live. And so I wasn't involved in that piece of it. And turns out when she was ready to put it on on the wedding day, the dress was like 12 inches too long. So, you know, we're scrambling. Of course, at that time, we didn't have a dresser, although I very much wish I had. But, you know, my mom and my aunt are trying to sew this thing together and hem it up and, you know, figure out how she's not going to trip going down the aisle. So little moments like that and small things that you don't even consider can add a lot of stress. So everyone was getting, you know, definitely a little bit tense around that. And, you know, luckily they took it into the other room, said to me, don't worry about it, just do your thing. And they took care of it. But there was a lot going on behind the scenes that I'm sure I didn't know about. So what I think I actually did really right is I did custom bridesmaids dresses. And it's I laugh because it's so true to form in my business today, what I recommend doing, because I just wasn't happy with what was out there in terms of bridesmaids dresses. I think in general, it's hard to find a great one that exists in the marketplace. They are what they are, and they're a means to an end. And it's by far and away the easiest thing to do. But you know, like everything else with my wedding, I was not going for the easy route at all. And I found this designer on the Upper East Side in Manhattan named Josephine Sasso, who is still around today and is now outside of Philadelphia on the main line, I believe. But she had a little studio, I think it was on 78th Street, but nonetheless, that would custom make dresses. And so I had her design a dress for my bridesmaids in a satin fabric. And we used real satin, not, you know, polyester. And this shape of the dress, I actually think was really very pretty. It was a V-neck sleeveless that ruched to the side and had an A-line skirt. And the good thing about that was that it did look good on everyone. My maid of honor, which was my husband's sister, was nursing at the time. So she wanted something more highly cut. And we did that for her. She modified it to my junior bridesmaid, which was my cousin. And she was like 15 at the time. And So we made it a little bit more modest for her. But all in all, the quality of the dresses were great. And I was really happy with how they turned out. I just wish I had picked a different color. So next, what I wish I had known or thought about or done differently, I suppose you could say, is paying attention to how important the bustle is. So you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. And I think why I feel so strongly about it is because I had a cathedral length dress And of course, the bustle broke. So I really know how it can affect your night. 
which is, you know, when you're not able to dance and move around freely, it really controls how you're able to interact with people on your wedding day. And I never want that for my clients. And especially because, you know, for me, the train was long enough that at the end of the night, I was just kind of throwing it over my arm. But I think that the reason that I didn't know very much about the bustle was because I really didn't even know what it was when I was buying the wedding dress. But they just said in the store, oh, yeah, 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 you'll do a double French bustle. It'll be beautiful. No problem. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Perfect. At my final fittings, I didn't pay any attention to you know how much of the fabric was pulled up. My mom was there taking lessons on how to do it. And you know we just assumed, oh, okay, this will be easy. Because in the fitting, in a brightly lit fitting room, with a fitter right there showing you how to do it, it does look easy. But what you don't know is that that night, first of all, this is before we had cell phones with cameras on them to provide extra light, which I use all the time when doing bustles. But I have a feeling it was too long to begin with. So, you know, shortly after we finished it, it came out. But actually, my mom did it. And that's one of the things I wish I had done differently. You know, she was wonderful. And she was there with me for the final fitting. And she you know, was tying it up that night. But in thinking back on it, I wish that it hadn't been her on her knees in her beautiful dress, you know, trying to figure out how to do the bustle. I wish I had somebody dedicated that knew how to do it, that would know, oh gosh, this is dragging on the floor a little bit. This needs to be lifted up or it's going to get stepped on, which of course it did about 10 minutes after. And we didn't know how to fix it. You know, I didn't have safety pins laying around. I didn't have somebody who could say, oh, let's just pin it up over here. So, you know, all in all, I had a great night, but I wish that I had been able to dance a little bit more freely. And in fact, I even have a few pictures of me holding it over my arm on the dance floor. So, you know, it is what it is, but I wish I had known then what I know now about wedding dress bustles. So the next thing that I wish I had known was to be more involved with my photographer and how the day was going to be structured. So, you know, at the time, there weren't nearly as many photographers to choose from. Mike and I hired someone that came highly recommended. Actually, I still work with today. They were fantastic. But on my part, I didn't know how much I needed to communicate with them. And I didn't realize that I could say to them, you know, it's really important for me to be able to take pictures in Central Park. How do we make that happen? Or I didn't say to them, you know, these getting ready shots are something that I really want. And, you know, let's talk about how we're going to walk through the day. I remember having a call with them. You know, we hired them. We signed the contract. We really liked them so much. We didn't even do an engagement shoot. I don't think people really did that back then. But and then I don't think I talked to them again until the week before the wedding. Because what do they do? They show up, they take the pictures and they leave. I didn't know anything else. So in fact, actually, I remember talking to them when I was walking on Fifth Avenue after one of my fittings. And this was like the week before the wedding. And I had such a bridezilla moment. It was the one time where I really melted down because the photographer said to me, oh, I think I want to come a half hour earlier, which, you know, you think would be good, which I'm sure it would have been. But I have my day so structured and so regimented around the timeline that I had put together that it was like throwing me off. And I remember just being like, oh my God. And I had like a complete and total meltdown on Fifth Avenue. And, you know, it was just like more than I could handle thinking about having them come early. So they didn't, which maybe is part of the problem, but I wish that I had 
really thought through the getting ready shots and how that was going to work because you know, when I look back at all of my clients' weddings, those are some of my favorite pictures. They're just so intimate and beautiful. It's a time where you're surrounded by the people that you love in a situation that isn't, you know, in a big church, big ballroom or whatever. It's really like a very lovely moment. And I have a few good pictures of that, but I never really thought about it. I didn't even have a full-length mirror. So, you know, it was just not even in my, I guess, like realm of thought. It's something that I could plan out. And getting married in November, it gets dark here really early in Manhattan. And nobody did a first look back then. I had never even heard of it. We were Catholic, so we were having a mass and you have a mass at 3.30 and that's basically it. So, but what they said to us was that it was going to be too dark for photos afterwards. So we were just kind of out of luck. And I wish that I had said to them, you know what, this is really important to me. Can we figure out a way to get over there even for two shots, you know, of just the two of us? And you know, Central Park in the fall is one of my favorite, favorite things of all time. And I still walk there every single day looking at the leaves. So, you know, it would have been great to have those shots, but I didn't know. So hopefully you will. And I think it's always a great idea to develop a rapport with your photographer. And I think this is a lot easier today than it was back in 2001. But, you know, especially because you can keep in touch with them over Instagram and see what they're doing and seeing where they are. We didn't have any of that. So, you know, it was really about calling them up on the phone or maybe having a strategy meeting. But I guess looking back on it, I realized that I didn't even know what they did and how they did it. I just knew they took pictures. So, you know, in educating yourself on how your photographer likes to work and, you know, the language is out there today and there's so much more information about it. I'm sure you guys are in good hands, but I guess my point is to make sure that you tell them what's really important to you and get the shots that you want to get and you won't regret it. So for the next one, I actually wanted to bring in a special guest. I have my husband, Mike, here with me because these things actually have a lot to do with him as well. So hi. Hello. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks for coming down, honey. So for the next one, um, I asked Mike to join me because it's about not asking one of his sisters to be a bridesmaid. And it is actually possibly my biggest regret, although I didn't put it in the first spot. But the reason that we had one of his sisters and not the other was because she's four years older than Mike, which made her 10 years older than me. And we figured she didn't want to be a bridesmaid. And it turned out to really be something that hurt everyone's feelings. And I came at it from a place of not thinking of it that way, just thinking, oh gosh, like she doesn't want to be in a bridesmaid dress and walk down the aisle. And she had actually said to me one time, like, I'm never going to be a bridesmaid in another wedding, which I actually like took to mean that she didn't want to be in my wedding, even though we weren't engaged yet. But I feel like at the end of the day, it hurt your mom's feelings. I think that it just made it uncomfortable. And I really regret that. Like, I wish that I had given her the opportunity to say no, thank you, rather than, you know, making the decision for her. Yeah, I mean, my sister and I weren't really close to begin with. So, I mean, I think that's something that sort of influenced, like, our decision not to include her in the wedding. But I agree with you. Like, looking back on it, it just, you know, after 17 years later, it just, it kind of seems silly. But, you know, at the time, it seems like such a big decision. Like, who are you going to have in the wedding and who you're not? But, you know, time passes and you look back on these things. And I don't know if we had her in the wedding, if my relationship would be any different to her. But, you know, I think 
it's a good thing you bringing this up because I know that a lot of families have, you know, families are families and none of them are perfect. You know, there's always some struggles between siblings and things like that. But yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, if I had to do it over again, I would just had her in the wedding. Sure. Or at least asked her, you know. If yeah, she... give her the chance to say no. Exactly. Know. And I think that, you know, these are things that stick around for a long time. You know, another one with us was not inviting kids to our wedding. And, yeah. you know, our relatives were really upset that their kids weren't invited. And yeah. We didn't have kids and we were just like, oh, you know, it's a black tie wedding in New York City on a Saturday night. We don't kids shouldn't yeah. be there. But, you know, we didn't understand their point of view. And we, we, we went to a wedding last a week or two ago and our eight and our 10 year old were there and we had a ball with them. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that's another thing where I would have done things differently. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the number one mistake that we made looking back on it is that we didn't hire a wedding planner. And we were talking about this recently when we were walking in the park. And, you know, I think that I work with so many of the top planners now that I see their value. And it's something that you just can't put a price tag on. I mean, I remember the catering manager said to us like, oh, you don't need to do that. We'll help you with all of it. But what I didn't realize was there were so many things that they actually didn't do. You know, they weren't involved in transportation or scheduling or, you know, any of the nitty gritty things, there's a million of them that planners have an expertise. And what happened was we were stressed out. Yeah. Well, if we're going to be honest here, I think also most of the planning fell on your shoulders. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a lot better over 17 years, but back then, yeah, I was pretty MIA for various reasons. And you had to do a lot of the planning, most of the planning. So, you know, and reflecting back on it, there's a lot of crap that we spent money on that I'm not saying the flowers were crap, but, you know, the flowers, well, were, our be flowers were beautiful. They, they were beautiful, but like, you know, just little just stuff, you know, and the fact of I think there's a lot of value to having a planner there to help, you know, it kind of lower some of the pressure, lower some of the just take some things off your plate. So, yeah. I mean, even if it's just like a month of planner that can yeah. help you not have a meltdown on Fifth Avenue when your photographer calls and, you know, things like that. There are so many small details that go into it. And I'm a pretty A-type organized person, but it's and certainly... I'm not. <laughs> well, that's true. That's a whole different podcast episode for sure. But I mean, I think it takes its toll. And I think that, you know, even if it isn't a full service planner that's with you from the beginning to the end, which of course is preferable because then you don't run into the things that happen in the first place. You know, just having somebody there the month of, I think is helpful. You know, my friends, Sochil and Myra have a great business based in Brooklyn called Just About Married. And all they do are month of weddings. And, you know, it's such a great business model because they know what you need. They know, you know, when you come in at that point, you've got these set of things that needs to be done and, you know, they can help you facilitate doing them. But, you know, I think just psychologically, I was so stressed out that day. Uh, like one of the things that you were mentioning earlier about the pictures I just thought about was like, we missed like most of our cocktail party because we were like taking pictures with the family and like we had this awesome cocktail spread. And I mean, even to this day, like when I see my friends that were there, they're like, God, that cocktail hour was so awesome. And we missed like just about all of it because <laughs> yeah, we, we were taking all these photographs. So I just wanted to say that. I agree with you. I mean, you know, not to mention the fact that we don't even know where our album is, but it's in the storage closet oh. or storage, whatever storage <laughs> garage. We'll see. I don't think that'll see the light yeah. of day anytime in the near future. 
So I hope that this episode has been helpful. I hope that our story helps you navigate the complicated process of planning your wedding and all of the dynamics that go along with that. And if you have any questions, I always want to hear from you. So please reach out. You can find me on Instagram and my handle is at the stylish bride. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a tip on how to be dressed, styled and down the aisle. Bye for now.